Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it! You've got Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? And to complete a double night of horror, a monster's nightmare of terror turned loose in a fight to the death. The robot versus the Aztec mummy. They will bring you a night of terror. to see them, but don't come alone. Ah! The Vampire's Coffin in an all-new double horrorama show with The Robot versus the Aztec Mummy presented in Hypnoscope. To heighten the horror, shock your senses, kill your brain, it could only be shown at midnight. Don't be a coward. Hello and welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. As usual, we are brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. And we covered this week a movie with a very interesting title. (laughs) The Aztec Mummy Against the Humanoid Robot. (laughs) Which just brings me joy to say... Because that's it. That's the end of the joy. Well, but an absolute pain to watch. <laughs> oh my God. I like it, but because it's it's obviously it's not trying to it's not a deceptive title because we watch some no. stuff where it's like this could be good if we are seeing this advertised at the time. Right. Whereas this is like you you're going into it knowing you're going to be watching some bullshit. And well, you know, at some point, you are promised an Aztec mummy will be fighting a humanoid robot. Yes. It takes almost the entire movie to get there. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you do get it. Mm-hmm. That you do. And uh, did either of you, had either of you seen... Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't even know if this was an MST3K movie or not. I don't know if it was or not. I had, I had heard the name before, but I'd never actually seen it. You know, I had actually thought this was the movie where we saw that iconic gorilla costume with the robot head on top of it. I, I forget the name of the movie itself, but I thought that that's what this was. <laughs> Which is why I was excited going in. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll go ahead and come clean. I liked this movie. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Compared to what we have watched before, especially, I actually had a pretty good time watching this. And I'm not ashamed of that. Oh, my God. For reasons we'll get into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear them. And I'm glad that there's some voice of dissent that will be going into this episode. <laughs> this movie sucked. <laughs> That, ah. that is true. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. Look, the first time I watched it, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah. 
And then when it was time to take notes for my second viewing, because that's what I always do, I, I was able to pick up on it a little bit easier. I mean, opening thoughts for you guys going into this one? No, I was just, you know, I knew it was uh, late 50s. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those black and white, cheesy, B-rate sci-fi movies. So. Originally filmed in Spanish. So here we have yes. one more movie where the original language is not English and it is dubbed. Because it was filmed in Mexico. Mexico. Yes, it was. And made into a U.S. transfer in 1958. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that went well. And it's a sequel. And a prequel to many to come, uh, which we will get into. Zip, oh, wow. what do you have for our IMDb description of this one? Uh, here we go. A mad doctor builds a robot in order to steal a valuable Aztec treasure from a tomb guarded by a centuries-old living mummy. See, how does that not get you excited? That is the last uh, five minutes of this movie. Right. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, yes. That's what the whole thing is building to. And besides, it's not actually the tomb that's guarded by the mummy where they go to get it. That is correct. Because of things that happen halfway through the movie. Yeah. Which we will discuss. But anyway, that's it. Short and sweet. Um, even though that's not really the plot of the movie. I can see why they released this in the U.S., because that's kind of a fun plot synopsis if that's what you're given simply on paper. Sure. And again, if all you have to do is just add some dubbing to it, some American dubbing, then, Mm -hmm. you know, what's there to lose? Especially in 58 when it was such a time of, you know, sci-fi elements. It was a huge point in our cinematic history with sci-fi movies. You know, no, absolutely. The Day the Earth Stood Still, etc. A lot right. of movies of that same vein. So this was just kind mm-hmm. of one of those that was riding in on those coattails. And Plus, I have to say, one of the things this movie got right, which I know I'm jumping the gun on, but the lead guy was quite good looking. So I'm cool with that guy. <laughs> he was a handsome man. Yeah, he was a very handsome man and not a bad actor. So... He reminded me of Doctor Strange in this movie. (laughs) Well, he had that look really going on for him. Not a bad actor, but we can only say that in regards to his His physical appearance. Yes, exactly. We don't know how he sounded. Correct. But he he um, was much of the appeal for me to um, Mm. finish watching this movie. But let's go ahead and and get into the plot then. In that case, Okay. okay. Opening up, we have. Okay, well... <laughs> a narrator. No, 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 not not yet. We open with... Well, the credits. Yes, we open with the opening credits. Yes. It's just a flat background, a weird mm-hmm. little Egyptian theme going on. There's a little sk- statue. The music, you know what? Unlike previous horror movies made in this era that we watched, Body mm-hmm. in the Web, yeah. <laughs> it actually fit the tone of the movie. Yes. It's sinister. Okay. That it did. Yeah. Big, I will, I will give you that. The yeah. music, uh, for the most part, yeah, it did yeah. fit the bill of a mystery horror type sci-fi movie. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But again, in to play devil's advocate, it was <clears throat> offset by just the boring visual. Now, granted, that's also a product of it being 1958. It can't sure. be trippy CGI like you see at the beginning of like a Bond movie or anything like that. But yes, Adina, you were right. We do open on opening narration. <laughs> And how would you describe this gentleman? I got. <laughs> I gotta say, this was this was, uh, you know, I mean, we we get past the opening credits, and then we we have shot of some sort of temple in Mexico, uh, and this narrator, and of course, since this is all dubbed in English, 
this guy was not a I don't even know if there was narration in the original Mexican version or not. Right. But this guy, and I wrote it down because this was the first clue to me that I'm like, hey, this is going to be fun. This is how, so we get past the credits. We have the opening shots of the temple, and this is all you hear. How far can the human mind penetrate the mysteries of the great beyond? Who knows? Anyway, this movie is real. <laughs> this actually happened, and blah, 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 blah. And then he's just like right. selling us a car. Right. And then, mean, but yes, then, he says, he, then sa- he says, this picture is a combination of factual data mixed with fiction. Right, and Which I had to rewind. No right, because I had to rewind because it's purporting to be like this real thing that Based, really quote, quote, right on, on, a true story. On, on a true story. But then I mean, he says <laughs> there are sworn witnesses <laughs> yes. that testified that all of these events actually occur occurred. Yes. Sworn to by a notary public. Yeah. I had to write this shit down because mm-hmm. I had to rewind because when I when I heard him say this picture is a combination of factual data mixed with fiction, I was like, wait, didn't didn't you, you say this is a true story? You just story? said this was you all real and everybody gave their testimony <laughs> saying what actually Basically, happened. Basically, it's true except when it's not. <laughs> it's like, hey, there were actually people at this period of time. Yeah. There really were cars. So there, there's three... Into- <laughs> Just this opening narration alone, you can divide it up into three different sections. Each one tells you exactly what you're in for. The first one being just the first two lines, it starts off all mysterious. You know, like I said, how far can the human mind penetrate the mysteries of the great beyond? And then immediately, who knows? <laughs> and it's really just like that. Yes. It's like, I'm being all mysterious. Who knows? <laughs> Hi, he, kids. Welcome. This is Troy McClure. You know, it's exactly. one of those no, kind of I wrote down, he sounds like a game show host. But by saying, who knows, in such a flippant manner, you've just destroyed the mystery you were trying to create with your opening line of the movie. And not to mention so the So right ambience. there, you've already negated yourself. Right. The middle part... Is that uh, the same thing? Was uh, oh, this is this? Uh, th- we have sworn testimony. All the people say that this is real. This has really happened. We have the case files, and it's and but then say it's it's partially based on fiction as well. All right, Are, you've already negated yourself again. The third part is the last part. This all comes from the case files of the two professors who are the main characters of the film. Who work out of the University of Los Angeles. We just saw the opening credits that said this was filmed in Mexico. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But now you're telling us, but because this is the English-speaking version, these professors work at the University of Los Angeles. Yep. This Now, right away, it doesn't really mean anything. But when we get into what happens later, it's going to make a huge difference. I guess in a sense I can sort of understand the mindset behind the truth mixed with fiction bullshit because, you know, the people going to see a movie called The Aztec Mummy Against the Human Robot probably aren't going to be looking for an intellectual piece. And I figure to throw that (laughs) in there, it's like, hey... Fair. It's like, hey, you know what? This is true, but it's also not true. Ooh. And it doesn't ever. The movie never addresses what is fact and what is fiction in any means. Oh no! So to kind of leave that air of mystery kind of adds to it. Again, just playing mm-hmm. devil's advocate here. Right. Yeah, I get that. 
I get it. But no, but I, I think we can all agree it was a stupid line. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we open on a house past this. Once we get our establishing shots, we get to a house where there's a knock on the door and a woman, we see her walk all the way into the room, across the long room. It's a very big room. Mm-hmm. All the way to the door, opens it, and greets them. Good evening. It's these two doctors that have come by. Names are Dr. Diaz and Dr. Esther. He's meeting with Dr. Edward and his wife, mm-hmm. Flora. So his intro to them, his reason he's called them over is because he wants to tell them a very long-ass story. So long. 44 minutes, in fact. I have lots of time. Yeah. He's brought them over. Things yeah. to oh go over. And he gets mm-hmm. their attention because I have some news on something called the Aztec breastplate and the bracelet. And he, they say, what? What? We thought it was legend. And he goes, no, I'll tell you all about it at great length. So he proceeds to go into this straight up flashback yep. as to this backstory. And here's how bad a storyteller this jackass is. <laughs> he starts his story off by telling them things that they were present to. Adina does not look mm-hmm. too pleased like, right now. Oh, just keep going. It's fine. He says, yes, you two were already at this lecture, but our story begins at a lecture that we were all three at. Yep. Let me tell you about it again. <sighs> He's giving a lecture on accessing a past life through the use of hypnosis. Now, all the doctors are there, including mm-hmm. the two that we have present, as well as Dr. Crump, who... Yep. I'm just going to spoil it, was my favorite character in this entire movie. <laughs> From the moment you see him, it's like you see composed, conservative-looking doctor, composed, right. conservative-looking doctor, composed, mm-hmm. conservative-looking doctor, Dr. Crump. And he's like this cartoonish, literally twirling his mustache. Exactly. He's like snidely whiplash. Yes. He looks like a Bond yep. villain. Yeah. Like he, he does. He's like looking menacing. I'm like, this guy's great. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is Crump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, movie, you got my interest. Let's keep going with this. He has apparently, okay, so obviously when you're talking about an idea of reincarnation mixed with accessing that through hypnosis, you're going to be met with some disagreement. Sure. So he decides to take matters into his own hands by testing it on, of all people, his wife. What's her name again? Flora. Oh, that's right. Because we don't hear it 80 times in a couple of, <laughs> a couple of scenes from now. I was about to say, seriously, Zeb? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out Flora was apparently an Aztec queen in a past life. In a past life, life a princess, yes. yeah. Apparently she had an affair with a warrior at that time. And it was here that I stopped writing, paused the movie, and said, Oh, my God. This is the plot of The Mummy Returns. <laughs> and so, obviously, because it's a tragic story or whatever the hell, they are caught and they are buried alive to an opera singer. Oh, my God. What was that all about? Now, I I, I'm not the most... I don't know. I, I don't have an extensive knowledge by any means of Aztec culture, but... Well, neither did this movie. Well, <laughs> Jack. Yes. It just... <laughs> okay, so I think we can all collectively agree it felt a little out of place. There were so many things that they... Um, mm-hmm. And she wasn't even a good opera singer. It was Not the best, no. No. And it's a boring scene. It's just long, drawn-out shots Except of, for the beautiful <clears throat> back bend that she does. She, seemingly out of nowhere. Right, seemingly out of nowhere. Flora, ancient princess woman. Right before she gets picked up to be put on the altar, she does this back bend, like, Take me now. It was some interpretive dance thing, and it was the weirdest thing 
And it was like, okay, I'm ready to die. There was no drama. There was nothing. There was no, no. crying over the guy being buried alive. And I got confused because there was no distinction between the warrior's burial and into the sacrifice. There was nothing. Not it was all. very confusing. Now, the only thing they, they use to distinguish the two is that, and here's where these artifacts come in, one is buried with a bracelet and one is buried with the breastplate. It's, it's, it's a strange choice because these are both made to give away the location of an ancient Aztec treasure. But why put them on people who have been publicly shamed and sacrificed? Right. Wouldn't you think to put them on a, I don't know, what the, whatever the Aztec equivalent of a pharaoh would be? Well, right. And, and the thing is, the, the uh, doctor knows about the breastplate and the bracelet because of hieroglyphics. Yes. Hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. Not Aztec. <laughs> nope. Okay. That's American nothing dubbing for you. Nothing about the ceremony, nothing about any of this. It was all... Egyptian. Mm-hmm. This is when I got super pissed off <laughs> from the start. And let's look. Can we just stop for a second and examine the fact that the entire movie, these two artifacts, these MacGuffins of the entire movie, the entire driving factor of everyone's objective in this movie, they're just simply reduced to bracelet and breastplate. You think yes. they would have some kind of awesome, badass, the bracelet of <laughs> and the <laughs> breastplate of. <laughs> right. Nope. No. Nope. It's just a bracelet and a breastplate. Before the doctor can actually translate the hieroglyphics, yes, translate the hieroglyphics and locate the Aztec treasure through her hypnosis state, she snaps out of it. Then we're given a little bit of exposition, and I mean exposition because we never actually see any of this. Oh, we're given exposition for forty-four minutes. Yes, because right. it's all a story. But we're told it's all a flashback. We are told Doctor Crump is a gangster. Mm-hmm. Apparently recently, and he's now spying on on Edward <laughs> and fine. Flora. Could we have seen this? Could we have seen him spying on them? Could we have seen maybe? Could some of we his have badassness? seen any of this? Yeah, yeah. So th- this brings up what I started focusing on in order to keep myself awake. <laughs> this is what I started because I started realizing after as as we're getting okay, this is what happened in the past. And now this is what happened in the past. And this is what I was like, wait a minute. So I started, I, I started timing all of the scenes. This is, this is how you pad out your film, which barely is over an hour as it is. The ceremony, you know, the burial entombing the, the warrior and sacrificing the princess. From the minute he sets up the flashback until the minute or until the second that he speaks again. The entire ceremony was two minutes and 35 seconds where there was no spoken dialogue. And it was just cutting back, seeing the warrior have to drink the poison or whatever it was that they gave him. And everybody laying hands on him in a weird ritualistic way. Now, in the movie's defense, that's a relevant scene. But there are still moments in this where we have a long, drawn-out shot of just mm-hmm. nothing happening. Like when they're but searching the, for but, something And then on. we cut to her. The princess is just stone-faced watching all of this happen. Yeah. There's no emotion at all. She's just standing there staring at it. And, that kind and then of- it cuts back. And then it cuts back back again and then it cuts back and forth and then we see the the guy who's leading the ceremony and then we oh see another God. guy who's leading the ceremony and then they walk around for a minute and then these uh the women start dancing around throwing flowers or something i don't know what's happening and see padding is shouldn't be an issue with this movie because they've no. left out things like for example 
they've left out any scenes establishing the character of Crump, which I would have appreciated. Yes. Well, and that was the other reason why, because this is where, just on a fundamental level, this script absolutely falls apart. This it's horrible. Horrible writing. Now, to, now to the oh. benefit, let's at least let, let's at least get the benefit of the doubt and say that it's the dubbing that was this. Because again, there's probably something that was lost in translation. Well, no, 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 no. I don't no, think no. I don't think no, no, we no. can blame it on just the dubbing. The storytelling itself, not the it's dialogue. Horrifying. There is bad dialogue, but the the way that they're telling this story is so flawed. Um, so. And and the reason is, and we and we haven't really gotten past these initial flashbacks yet, but there are <laughs> there are entire sequences where instead of showing us in flashback what happened, the camera stays on him while he narrates the story. Exactly. So we see these long drawn out sequences of this ceremony of when they go to find the actual, um, which is going to happen next that we, that we haven't gotten to yet is, uh, once they figure out where the bracelet and breastplate are, they go to the tomb is a minute and 50 seconds of them just wandering through the hallway. Yep. No dialogue. That's when I wrote Jesus. No dialogue. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So we have these extended sequences of them just walking down a hallway, not saying anything. But then when we cut back to present day and he's narrating the story, he goes through a lengthy description of a bunch of activity that happened. That we would like no to see. No single flashback. Right. Like the backstory we don't the see lovers. It at all. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Something like that. And, you know, the group's looking for the items, and you're right. They explore the cave for a very long time. It's very drawn out. Not No dialogue covered in. No, there's no, some music. No dialogue added right. in. But that's it. And for some reason, there's a young boy there. Yeah, his kids. They brought their kids there. Yeah, but just the boy. Yeah. But just the boy. He was the, he's the older and one. Which he's, becomes he's an issue which in, becomes in an just issue a minute. later. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> they reach a dead end in this cave, and a return to dialogue is... When a character says, it can't be possible, the Aztecs wouldn't have built a secret passageway just to have it end with no rhyme or reason. And I'm just sitting there like, unless someone else beat you too there, you fucking troglodyte. And then it's just a stuck door to get in there. It's not like some cool Raiders of the Lost Ark sort of secret well, Doesn't the kid trap. find this? But they had to push through that yes. door. But the kid's like, hey, guys, and I found a huge found shaft. Let's shaft. climb down The kid it. finds the air shaft, but to get right. to that air shaft, they're like... Uh, I can't. Yeah, they just they press against the wall until the door opens. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. Uh, And this is when I wrote down that the sound effects were terrible because, and this is throughout the whole movie, when when they step down into places into this cave, it's almost like tap shoes on a wood floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's we're in a cave, everybody. Mm -hmm. We're not in a dance studio. Oh yeah. Well, they climb down the huge shaft, and they find the body of the... The skeleton. Yes. The skeleton. Yes. And which is still in the same position. Right. The Flora. arched back. <laughs> Flora says a line that actually rubbed me wrong. She says, this is terrible to think that I was she. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Which, for yeah. one, that's a fucked up sentence. Two, mm-hmm. it's a skeleton, but she has the breastplate, and they take that. And basically, the doctor says, cutting back to him narrating... 
We left, and then we went back because that's all that happens that span of time. They leave the place, and then they come back because, hey, we forgot there's another thing that we came down here for originally. Oh, yeah, the bracelet. And again, that's where the padding was really an issue for me because mm-hmm. that could have easily been cut out. But again, we got to get that hour mark at least. Apparently, that was the minimum oh, time to get a feature the, the one that really annoyed me is is coming up. Mm-hmm. So they go back. Okay, they go back, and as they're traveling through, they hear this scraping sound through the tunnel. Now, <laughs> Dina, I'm going to let you have your moment in just a second. I actually like this part. <laughs> It was actually scary to me because you see, like, for for a movie like this, I wasn't on the edge of my seat scared, but the, just pure darkness, them only illuminated by a flashlight, and you hear just the scraping sound on the floor. It's actually pretty spooky to me. And then you shine a flashlight on the creature coming up on them, the mummy, and it's actually kind of a fucked up looking face. It's not great. For this time period, it's not a very effective scare, but this is... The totally the kind of creature that you would expect to see in a modern day horror movie, where it's that very aged looking kind of like fucked up in the eyes. It's not a traditional mummy by any means. No. It's an Aztec mummy, but oh, it's it's a it's a mask. It's it a is stra- a mask. It's a straight up like rubber mask that went over the person's head. But its reveal is actually pretty scary to me. And it then you would it. have been, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Thank you. Yes. Counterpoint. <laughs> yep. Go for it. It would have been. If the scraping noise had not lasted 47 seconds <laughs> before the narration says, then we heard a shuffling noise. Really? Yeah. That's what I've been listening to? Pounding a hole into my <laughs> eardrum for yeah. 47 seconds? And now you're telling us, oh, and then we heard this noise. I mean, no I guess shit, I've been listening to it for a minute. <laughs> it beats 40 seconds of nothing at this point, I guess. I don't know. It worked on me. It I did was... not work on me at all because the guys, we, we would see shots of them trying to... Look, oh, but then they wouldn't turn fully no, around. It was like, do you have arthritis? Can you not move your neck? What the fuck? No, they only have a flashlight. Bullshit! They can't. <laughs> not Keep like explaining it, and it. I'll do the sound effect. Okay, yeah. So, so they're they're hearing this thing, and they sort of turn, and then they turn back, and they turn, and then they turn back, and they turn. It was such bullshit. And then they shot their flashlight. That's all it was. <laughs> but I f- flashlight. You. I love you so much, Jim. Flashlight? <laughs> no. No, because. Yes, if that's you how hear... many times they use their flashlight. Yeah, because, because if you hear they that get noise... one brief glimpse of it and then decide, <laughs> guys, I have an idea. Everybody turn their flashlights on at the same time and that'll scare it away. Jack is, is putting his flashlight under his face. Not scary, my love. Nope. Yeah, and not with the shuffling either. Because if I heard shuffling like that, I would turn all the way the fuck around. Okay? With my goddamn flashlight. Yes. Then it would have been scary. Not scary. Here's where we can come into agreement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was scary to me up until it started making sounds. (laughs) Because they they realized (laughs) that, hey, the flashlight uh, is upsetting it it doesn't like the bright light it's like bright light bright light and they keep shutting the flashlights off but see and here's why they're trying to give it the sunspot effect they're trying to be like darkness like they're trying to make his eyes like fucked up and dilated he doesn't have eyes 
Yeah, but they determine <laughs> no, that it still doesn't oh like gosh, when they do that. I it works. It's so, like a camera flash. I love you so much, but that's wrong. This movie's a precursor <laughs> to Real Window. No. Oh, no. stop being so nice to Dean. Yeah, Why don't you tell him to fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, they start. They start. <laughs> Okay, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to play a <laughs> clip right here of yes, the thing making it. the noise. Let's put out the lights. I have an idea. I don't think he can stand it. Turn them on. Shine them in his face. Turn them off again. Lights again. You better run. I'll follow Okay, so that's what this guy sounds like. Yeah. And that's when I started laughing. (laughs) 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 And then they throw something at it, and he goes, (laughs) 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 And what I'd really like to know is did they use the original sound clip for him since it's not actual words? Right. Or did someone actually dub Dub that that in as well? Oh my gosh, the pacing, all of this shit. It's well, such bullshit. Yeah, so, so yeah. at this point, so, so yeah, so they use the flashlights to fend it off and then they get away. Yes. The mummy like catches up with them and grabs somebody by the legs, but they manage to pull him out and yes. they get away. Yes. So then we go back to modern day. Yes. Yes. Where this, the narration is being told. And it's established in that this they guy's, have escaped. Mm-hmm. Yes, so they, so they get away. They have the bracelet. And the breastplate, they got away from the mummy. They're back at their home. Yes. Now, I think at this point, okay, so now we're up to speed. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) And it's taken 18 minutes to get to this point in the story. And I think, okay, 18 minutes is a long time for exposition. Well, but that gets us up to speed. We We know there's a mummy. We know they have the things that brought the mummy to life. And so now it's going to be like, okay, where are we going from here? No. That's just the first part of the exposition of the flashbacks. So then we find out, now that they've come back from this trip and they have the bracelet and breastplate, what happens next, Jack? Well, they find out that the mummy is almost like drawn GPS-wise to these two items because he kidnapped, we're told this off, off camera, that he kidnaps Flora... And he tries to resurrect his lover with the two items. Right. With, with her body. Right. Okay. And, and as you pointed out, Adina, it's how they were able to ward him off with a cross, cross. that gets him away. Yes. Makes no sense. Now, we're, we are told this. We are told that the mummy came to the house, kidnapped Flora, and took her back to the temple. Yes. This is where that third part of narration becomes a huge contradiction against itself. Oh, it's about to get even worse. Because, oh, I know, this is an Aztec temple in Mexico where they have found these artifacts. But (laughs) they are professors at the University of Los Angeles. The mummy traveled all the way from Mexico. And this guy walks... At, like a snail could beat him. It's like the Tim Conway old man walk. It would have taken two years for this damn mummy to make it from this temple all the way up to Los Angeles. Yeah. And then turn around and take her all the way back. So that right there is automatically on the English translation. Yeah. 
because they added that shit about Los Angeles in. You know they did, just to make it sound, hey, this is actually taking place in America. Don't be afraid of foreign cultures. This was made in America. Wink, wink. Uh, Yeah. But the mummy showed up and kidnapped his wife from their huge... This is a huge-ass house that they live in. It probably took them an hour and a half to get downstairs. It it would have. I want to see that. Yeah. Yes. I would like to see the action suspense of the mummy shows up and breaks into their house and kidnaps her and steals away with her. No. We just told, well, the the mummy showed up at our house and kidnapped my wife and then took her back to the temple. Yeah. And then the next thing we see in flashback is him putting her at that same altar where the princess was and now he's doing the same ritual. He put the the breastplate on her, the bracelet, and now he's going to cut her heart out. Correct. And we're told more stuff that happens off camera. We're told that Dr. Crump does more interesting stuff that we never see. And this includes he's referred to here as the bat. The bat. Which is badass. It I'm sorry. I love not. this guy. No. <laughs> it is it's badass. Not. Especially when you see the shit he's wearing later on. Okay. I'm like, dude, but could this we guy. have a little how bit of backstory? How did he get the name? Where did it come from? Why he's, do they start calling him the bat? He's a criminal. It's like a Dick Tracy bad guy. You, oh my you know, god! It's like Jack. I'm just. <laughs> I you know I totally bought the bat thing. Uh, I'm the bat, dude. <laughs> this guy was awesome. No, he was. You're high. I love this guy. You are. He's, he's, <laughs> I enjoyed watching his performance. Oh, you're damn right you I did. I would like to know what he actually sounded like, the actual actor yeah. sounded like, Me instead too. of the English dubbing that he got, because, oh, God. Oh, no, I, I was completely fine with that, too. No. God, no. Uh, we'll, we'll get to him when we actually see him on camera. The, the, the mummy kidnapped her. Took her back to the temple. They go back to the temple, find her, and one of the other scientists fends off the the mummy with the cross, with a crucifix, while everybody else escapes. And then once everybody else has escaped, the guy with the crucifix pulls out a stick of dynamite and blows up the temple. Yep. Yep. Trying to take the the mummy out out with him. So he sacrificed himself. Yep. To kill the mummy yes so the mummy no longer has his temple and of course he's pissed he's homeless now right it's like where's yeah. he gonna go he's gonna like you know trudge along for two years along the highway <laughs> until he gets well, to kidnap but him. Th- that's the thing though is that the mummy was standing right beside him when the dynamite blew up yeah so the logic is that mummy is nothing but a pile of dust. Right. But then when we cut back and it shows us the after effects of the dynamite, the scientist who was holding the dynamite in his hand is still completely intact. Yes. Well, I mean, this is kind of a spoiler, but when the mummy goes up against the titular humanoid robot, which yeah. is at least told to us to be a more extreme threat than the dynamite would be right. in this case, I feel like that's at least a demonstration of the durability of this creature. Well, sure. I mean, all they show us is the body of the scientist who Who's, there should not be an intact body because no. no. he was holding that dynamite in, his, in hand. his hand. But that's all. We only see his body and then the ruins of the temple around him. We don't see the mummy. The mummy. So, sure. Okay, fine. The mummy survived, survived. Yeah. and somehow got out of the tremendous pile of rubble heaped on top of him. And it's after this Whatever. that we learn off camera that Crump has come back and done more stuff off camera. Like breaking out of jail. He, he breaks out of jail. Edward's yeah. daughter. He takes the items, all for a very ominously told to us experiment. 
We learn that later. And he brings Edward in to decipher the artifacts, to decipher the hieroglyphics, to find out what's going on. Right. Then we meet Bruno. Henchman, yeah. Yes, his henchman. It's after the it's after the doctor has translated these that Bruno very slowly walks across the room, mm-hmm. pulls out a gun, and is about to kill Edward and I guess his family, by extension. Yes. When enter the mummy, mm-hmm. who has somehow been summoned by Edward because they have the bracelet they and have breastplate. The bracelet and the breastplate. So the mummy so the follows. mummy is the guardian of the bracelet and the breastplate. So wherever they are. He is drawn to them because he needs to take them back into his possession. He implies in his exposition that he had some part... That was part of his plan for that to happen. Uh-huh. Which... That's what his, his hypothesis was, that the oh, mummy would come on after it. Okay. And just... I just need to... Robert's rules of order, point of order, Mr. President here. I'd like to point out... Your honor. That Flora and her husband do not sleep in the same bed. No. Okay, no, so this don't. explains no. why Edward didn't notice Flora being kidnapped the first time. There's some sort of mind control that corrupts God over Flora somehow, which we never establish. No, that's that's another one of those things is that at when Krupp comes and kidnaps Flora and the daughter, yeah. who we never see, mm-hmm. the son is there magically, yep. but not no the daughter. daughter. We never see never the daughter. See the daughter. Yeah, and th- and that this that is point, all told to us right. that somehow he was able to hypnotize Flora and command her to do these things or right. whatever. And so Flora and Edward do not sleep in the same bed. Now I don't know if that was a 1958 convention thing, whatever. They're going through a rough patch right I, now. Look, I'm not. <clears throat> They got pretty good chemistry. I don't get it. So yeah. anyway, but yeah, so we never see the daughter. We see the son, and at that point, I got confused because I'm like, well. That's a girl. Turns out, no, that was a boy. No, but she's around. We see her later. Oh yes, we do. Yes, we do. Later, yeah. Yes. So, so there's a, a there's another thing with the continuity and the storytelling in this movie, which of which there isn't any. Um, it is this. Nope. There's a boy there, and there is no girl there during this whole thing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Continue, Jack. Well, it's when he's about to shoot them that the mummy comes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knocks Bruno, the henchman, into acid, and it's it's all over his face. And we simply know this because he's clearly holding because he's holding his hand over ice. his face. Yeah, dry ice over his face. You just see smoke, and it just keeps cutting back to him several times of just him screaming. Even though it makes no sense, because and this is the fight choreography oh, in this scene. Oh my God. Yeah, when right. the mummy comes in, is literally, he lays his hands on the arms of whoever he's fighting. I'm air quoting so hard, <laughs> and like just moves them around, like shifts gives them, them a nice around, shoulder rub, and, yep. and then gives them a shove and throws his hands up in the air, and the person goes flying of their own volition across <laughs> the room. Like, there is no effort put into pushing these people by the mummy, and yet they go flying. Okay, okay, quick sidebar then. Quick question. Yeah. Who will win in an ultimate death match between the Aztec mummy and the tennis racket from Laser Blast? (laughs) The tennis racket. racket. Tennis racket. (laughs) Without question. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah. Cool. Glad we settled that. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of, he throws 
crump into a pit full of rattlesnakes. Where the fuck did that pit come from? It's just there. It's just in his hideout. He just has this. Again, how can you not like this villain? He has the, a pit of rattlesnakes in his place. That's great. I love this threw, guy. Threw him into a pit of rattlers. Yeah. That everyone just has yep. lying around their creepy yeah, of course. science, mad science lab. Uh-huh. And the mummy just it, it won't go away. Because oh. he keeps following them wherever they go with the artifacts, which makes sense. The so, di- at, so at this point, he has gotten the artifacts back. The mummy gets the artifacts back. Yes. Yes. And he leaves, but he doesn't go back to the temple because the temple's been destroyed. Right. Yes. He doesn't have anywhere to go back to. So he goes somewhere else, but we don't know where. We also learn that Crump has escaped because the police come by to check out the scene of the crime. And they find yep. a hidden passageway. Again, he's got a hidden passageway and a... Pit full of rattlers in his place. Yeah, there's a hidden passageway behind the snake pit. Years later, I think two, they say, Crump returns and hypnotizes Flora. And I love this his hypnosis scene because he just parks outside their place and just starts yeah. catcalling her. And so she gets out of bed and it keeps coming back to him. Flora, mm-hmm. Flora, 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 come here. Flora, 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 Flora. Come here, yeah. come here, come here he, Flora. He seriously Flora, says her here. name so here, many Flora. times. He just, Flora, Flora come Flora. to me. Don't try to come fight on, it. You know you want come to come on, to me. Flora, come on, Flora, come here. And so she's asleep, on, and then she starts waking up Flora. by looking like she's having a backgasm, and then gets up, walks all Flora. the way down the, Flora. oh yeah. Two minutes Flora. and 20 seconds and of I, just her Flora. wandering from her bed yeah. all Flora. the way through the house, out to the Flora. car the whole time. You can come yeah. here, Flora. And can exactly. I just say on, that Bruno, who's driving, keeps his collar up to cover his face. Yeah, the acid <laughs> yeah. that burned his face. Okay, so, so I'm wondering, is he laughing? Like, I didn't know what he was doing what? at first. I had no idea why he was holding his collar. Because you couldn't see him that well in this scene. So I was like, what is he doing? Is he... Is he laughing? Well, he was burned by the acid. Well, okay, but I didn't know who it was. Well, I know, but the first time you see him after that... Because we never actually saw the effects of his face. Right. So now we know, well, he's still alive, but he keeps holding one collar of his coat up to cover cover the burn. But when the first time we see this happen, you can't see that there's a burn. Exactly. So it's like, why is he holding this coat over his face? Is he trying to mask the fact that he's laughing at something? So then, then I realized, oh... He's insecure. It was Bruno, and he's insecure about being... But this is going to come right. up in a minute again. Because he does it for the entire rest of the movie. And the next time we see him, it's five years later. Jesus yeah. Christ, own it, Well, idiot. I mean, you saw how long that take was. There was a long oh fight God. scene of just him squirming on the floor holding oh. dry ice to his face. Right. He, got, he got some serious burns, as we see in a bit. Mm-hmm. Now, she takes them to, to the cemetery where apparently the artifacts are, along with the mummy. And then we have... Who I could only guess was your hobo in a Barnadina. Oh no! This, it wasn't him. <laughs> no, we we skipped oh, her. Shit, we skipped I, her. No, she's coming. I, if it's who I think it is now, enter Adina's not hobo in a barn. <laughs> this old uh, groundskeeper for the cemetery, who's uh, what's this guy even wearing? It's like he's wearing a poncho. He's wearing a poncho, but like yep. what's that? he has like this like Freddy Krueger esque hat. It's a, it's kind of a sombrero, but not really. It's a, it's a cross between a sombrero and a fedora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like the top of it has the shape of a fedora, but the rim like yeah. comes out way and he's, further. Yeah. He's totes adorbs. 
And they oh, knock yes. him out, yeah. and he has no point in this entire movie except to just show up to prove that someone works at the cemetery. Yeah, yeah he's the he's the the graveyard caretaker. Yeah. yeah. And then we were then it's revealed to us what's up with Bruno. He brings his collar down, and it turns out his face is really fucked up. And he, I wrote down, he looks like Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Yep, because yep. he's he got really the fedora. Did. He's got the he does burned yeah. up face. Mm-hmm. All he needed was like the striped sweater, and yep. he would be it. Yep. Which you know. Probably not, but I wonder if there was any influence whatsoever. Just kidding. That'd be stupid. Uh, no, uh. So they get down to where the mummy is sleeping, and he calls him a devilish mummy. Here, yeah. let me read some. I, I, yeah, please I do. To. You, you please mentioned do. some great dialogue from him. <clears throat> so uh, Burnface is like, oh, come on. There he is. Let's just chop him up into pieces. It would certainly be great to do so, but you know it's not possible now. We're going to make my experiment. What? That wasn't even the worst sentence that he said. No, it's scene. not. It's a, that's just his first line. And I'm like, oh, oh. This was translated. This is way before you just throw it into an online translator exactly. and whatever it spits out. That's. I seriously think whoever did the translation for this did a straight-up literal translation yeah. and did not bother to go back and fix the out a English grammatical error. No, We're the, going to make my experiment. Yes. You don't make an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was the worst Trump one that he does. says in this scene was, we'll be needing a lot of time uh, if that, the that plan was, I have is going to work out. Yeah. Because he's, because he's. This is where you see the crazy starting to come out, and like I said, and no, 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 no. This guy has a pit of rattlers in his place, and now you think the crazy's coming out? Well, yeah, because that was never explained. He's a mad scientist. I know that, but what I'm saying is, this is the first time we actually see it in In his face. face. Yes. Of him being like wide-eyed and like, oh, I have these grand schemes. It's like, oh, now you're starting to look like an evil scientist. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I will concede that I think it would have helped if we'd seen more of his setup to his yes. character. No, absolutely. But you but know, we didn't because they just jumped over all of that exposition for his character. I think they were just relying on that first shot because, like, I think his first shot of him like stroking his like beard or mustache or whatever, looking all menacing, was it's was a clue, but it was half a second. Uh, and he, so, yeah, it he didn't even look menacing because they were showing every single scientist in that lecture and they all looked the same they were staring at the guy speaking like mm-hmm. <laughs> they all look the same to me yeah. i don't see any you know yep well the thing is they um, don't take the artifacts they just they, they go there and they send flora home and he tells her you won't recall a thing. It's really, a, it's a very strange wording for hypnotic suggestion. Oh, there, there's some even worse wording coming up yeah. later on. And they're talking to her the next day. They're, they find that she's really muddy. She's got muddy shoes. Her clothes look like they've, like she's been walking out and about. And she's like, I don't remember anything. I just slept all night. And mm-hmm. then the kids come in. And, and now here comes my we see the daughter. <laughs> now we now, see the daughter. Now we see the daughter, and she is sassy. Fifteen minutes <laughs> after they were that they said, and her daughter. Right. Yeah, and she is sassy as fuck. Now, now is this her dub or is this her actress that you think was sassy? I I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I really don't because her body language said everything. Really. Yeah. But she, you know, her mom's like, I've been asleep all night. Little girl's like, no, you weren't. You were up. You got up, and you left the house. She's like, no, I, I didn't. I know, because I came in there, and you weren't there. <laughs> yeah, she is sassy. Really and is. I my rebuttal will be so like, what were you doing much. up, young lady? Oh, my no God. Kidding. And and she is totally 
telling her mom off and her brother's like, you're an idiot. You're a liar. Like, I am not a liar. She left the house. Bitches. Bitch, you lied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she is totally my hobo in a barn. Yeah. She was my favorite. And especially because she gets mentioned and she's supposed to be in the scene in the mad scientist's laboratory, and she's not. So she got fucking screwed in this film. So extra props to her. Yep. <laughs> yep. I would have. I, I could have seen more of her in this movie. Yes. That been That's why she's my hobo in a barn. Because I mean, this is this movie is very mu- could very much have been like. A- almost like a Goonies type adventure film. And it could have been because there is a moment that's coming up where I thought, oh, there's some like physical comedy trying to happen here. Oh, definitely. Um, so I thought they, it had some potential for caper-ish sort mm-hmm. of things, mm-hmm. but I think it just took itself too seriously. And I think that's part of why you love Krupp so much is because he's so, he's so joyfully mad, he's right? A, he's the only actual character in this movie to me. Mm-hmm. Or a right. caricature, I should say. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he he's almost in his own film. Yeah. Now, speaking of, they deduce that it was Crump. They, and because they're scientists, they hypothesize it was Crump. And because they're scientists, they have to spend way too much time trying to prove that it was Crump. We See, have, this is how an experiment works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, if they did the entire scientific method, this movie would be seven hours long. No kidding. <laughs> oh, geez. They proceed with a long investigation to confirm from, like, testing the soil samples in her Mm -hmm. shoes. They trace it back to the graveyard. We have a long, long, long single shot of him just, like, walking in the background of a graveyard. One minute and 18 seconds long. Fuck me. (laughs) With no dialogue, just wandering through a graveyard. It was awkward. And the graveyard looks fake because they're, like, bumping into scenery pieces. It literally looks like an Ed Wood film. It really does. It does. And I mean that as lovingly as I possibly can. Yes, sure. This whole thing is a, a waste of time for us because it's already conv- – because we're seeing this whole time, we're seeing both sides. We're seeing Crump's side when it's not told to us, solely told to us. Mm-hmm. And then we're seeing Edward's side as well. So when we have this investigation going on, we already know the results. So when they come up to these revelations on their own, it's not as exciting to us because we actually have a really we, journey with them. Yeah. Right. right. We we already know where the mummy is. It's like watching someone read a Where's Waldo book that you've already read before. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know where the mummy is? Because you just stand is? there looking at him going, oh, over there. Look you find him there. yet? Right. No. He's the one wearing red and there. white. Right. He's right there. He's, <laughs> he's right, right there. there. God damn it, he's right there. Wee. And you think, surely at this point, we are caught up. Right. So now we're back in present time. No. Nope. Then we cut back to him still telling this. No, this was yet this this trying to figure out where the mummy was. They find him and decide, okay, well he's got the stuff. We're just going to leave him there because we knows what we know what's going to happen if we take the bracelet and the breastplate. He's going to come back to life. So let's just leave him here and hopefully he can just stay here from now on. Yeah. Yes. This is this and is, then we find out that this was five years ago. All of this happened five years ago, so we are still not even caught up to present day. Forty minutes yep. of a one-hour-long movie. Oh. <laughs> they track Crump <laughs> by taking a lead shipment. They look into a lead shipment. Oh, my God. A lead. Because, because lead is still out, perfectly healthy back right. then. They find out that a cadaver was taken. Yes. And a brain. And a... Yes. Yeah, so. And... Radium. And then a lead shipment. Yes. They ask 
the lead merchant or whatever the hell we're going to call him in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Where he shipped it to. And he just tells him. Yes. I wrote that down. Great. He's just going to tell you about a lead shipment. What can I do for you? Well, we're looking for lead. They need them and ask if they're policemen or whatever. And the reason why they're looking for lead is because lead is the only metal that can resist radiation. Correct. Okay. So they they are tracking the lead and that's how they can figure out where Krupp is and where he took the radium, a cadaver and a brain. And they find it. They find his lab, castle, hideout, whatever. God, I love this guy. <laughs> so they are captured there and taken up to the laboratory. Mm-hmm. And Crump, I guess, living up to his namesake, the bat, is wearing a badass black cape. And he's like doing this, like, he looks awesome. He looks badass. His mustache, his villain beard and mustache, like in full glory. I love this whole scene because while he talks a lot in this scene, mm-hmm. it's nothing but like Bond villain-esque monologue. Look at me. I'm so evil. I will conquer the world. It's, it's almost yeah, Shakespearean. He's, he's, he's full-on batshit crazy at this point. Indeed. Don't, Don't ruin this for me. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah, we're both going to ruin it. <laughs> but it's fun. It's a fun <laughs> it's scene. It's not because his dialogue is so bad. And this is where and, – and this is squarely on the shoulders of the, the actor who did the English dub did not pay attention to punctuation no and did not truly understand what he was saying without said punctuation no he took the walk-in approach but that worked for me <laughs> uh, well no not when you have when he's saying what everything that he went through to get to this place uh, of where he is now, of becoming this genius scientist because he's about to reveal what his plan has been all along and what it took to get there. Don't you respect research at all? Don't you want to learn to know why a body functions? Okay, I know it's 1958, <laughs> but we fucking know how a body functions at this point. Yes. Yeah, we was, understand why it functions. That's the point of life. It was clunky. We get it. <laughs> this was the scene but of the movie where the actor... But then to go from there to this line, I tortured many animals with pleasure to find the answers as to man's existence. Hugh Evilgasm. He tortures animals. He's but awesome. But here's the thing. Without without heeding the correct punctuation, he said, I tortured many animals with pleasure. Yeah. Gross. How do you torture an animal with pleasure? <laughs> Not good. You know, the Not animal good. could be into some kinky no. shit. You saw no. my roommate's last cat. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. That, no. 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 And, no, no, and no, my no. favorite line that he says that he introduces all of this to, because he has respect for Edward. He has much respect for Edward, and he's been wanting to tell Edward of his plan for so long. So Edward is sitting there, and he says to him, you're a man who's basically an intellectual, and that's why you'll be able to understand the greatness of my invention. Basically an intellectual. Basically an intellectual. An intellectual, that's a very loose term. Oh my god. Considering if you're if you're calling him basically an intellectual, this is coming from the guy who kidnapped him and his family for the sole purpose of having him translate something that he couldn't understand. Right. Yeah, but he's got a healthy respect for Edward, and so he yeah. cannot wait to tell mm-hmm. him about all his plans. But this whole scene I think I took away from it the most that I did was it was because this is the one moment in the movie where I felt like the voice actor as well as the actual actor mm-hmm. were having fun doing what they were doing. And they were the only ones. 
That's what it felt like to me. And that's why <laughs> that's why Crump is just uh, awesome to me. And Bruno's still covering his face, y'all. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Bruno's Five still holding later, the coat over his face. He's still holding his coat you over his what? face. It's an insecurity. I get it. Dude, that is such bullshit. Nope. You are a nope. henchman. You had, For five years, you've been dealing with this shit. Take your hand off your face and own it. Well, yeah, but that's his okay? own struggle. That's his own path. You know, he works for Crump, who isn't, probably isn't the nicest guy ever. Oh, he probably chews him God. out. Oh, my God. He probably gives him a hard time. Totally I feel gonna, bad for Bruno. I think are, Bruno is the most sympathetic character of the movie. You are totally cosplaying both of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween, everybody. I'm calling it. No, again, I, I got to get back to this. Just to further punctuate how awesome this scene was, it has the ultimate action slash sci-fi slash horror movie line and you're completely mad you're insane doctor yeah like yeah. these are both things that are uttered throughout the scene i just i don't know it just hit all the tropes mm. for me okay so you're the only one no I, I, again <laughs> this is where we kind of meet in the middle here no because despite my love of this scene it came to a shuddering halt when we get the reveal of his experiment, oh my mm-hmm. God. which is our titular humanoid. Yeah, we finally get to the robot. <laughs> the uh, humanoid robot. Which he, it cuts which to it right when he says the robot, and it is... Uh, how would you describe it? it? It's like a... This is the worst robot I have ever seen. <laughs> it it yeah. looks like a third grade science project. Any, I mean... Because I, you can I totally seen... tell there's a man in... It's like a man wearing a robot Which is what makes it suit. humanoid. Right. No, I well, understand. Well, in fairness, it is a So it has an actual heart suit. in it. It has an actual, like, human face inside the suit. Yeah. But it's obvious, obviously just the guy in the suit. Right. Yeah. There's... But it is... I have seen... Halloween costumes. Tons of cheesy B-rate sci-fi movies where they all have really bad robot outfits. But this one, your fucking hobo in the barn could have constructed this (laughs) robot suit. She could have done it better. She probably did. Any, you know what? Any of Adina's hobo in a barns could have constructed this suit. Any of them suit. could have made a better suit. That is, oh, this looks like the Halloween so costume that a weekend dad makes for his kid. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it this is, is rough. It is so bad. It so, is so bad. But it, so it, it's, it, it, it so even it's had, laying on the table. Did, did you notice it had like the little blinky nose light? Yes. Oh, yeah. It looked like the operation guy. That's the first light that that lights up when he turns yeah. it on. And so that, he goes. So we see the robot on the the table over to the side. He goes over to the giant electric machine or whatever with all the gizmo, uh, uh, you know, gizmos, gizmos and, and, and gadgets and whatevers. And he says, he says to Edward, "Doctor, watch this." As he then goes to flip all the levers, but what he actually says because he ignored the comma. <laughs> doctor watch this yep. I'm like whose last name is watch this <laughs> which doctor is named watch this PhD who the hell is he talking about oh doctor comma watch, watch this, this. Yep. Uh, flips on the things and then here we go one minute and 40 seconds of cutting between him watching his creation come to life and the robot, the table coming all the way up. And a couple of light bulbs flashing. And a couple of light bulbs flashing on the robot, which is how we know it's alive, apparently. Until the robot is actually able to move and walk on its own. And then break No dialogue. 
a minute and 40 seconds and of just com- waiting for this robot to actually come to life. There's, there are just two light So bulbs underwhelming. That, oh, my God. It was the worst. Were you expecting the eyes in the face, on the face inside the helmet to, co- to open up? Yes. Because yes. it didn't happen. No. No. It they didn't were- happen until later. No. They were open and later, but they they're were open, open later then. and like just staring up right. at some random fixed point. So uh. I, I think we should probably establish at this point his motivation crumps because he, in his monologue, he's telling them that he plans to build an army of robots. I assume being funded by the Aztec treasure yes. to take over the world. Sure. And he basically created this monster, excuse me, this robot to have a chance of going up against the mummy because this thing basically has the strength mm-hmm. of a nuclear bomb. He says that. Right. Okay. So it's so, so at this point, without him actually saying it out loud, you have to try to put two and two together to figure out why did he build this robot in the first place. Right. The whole point, which he doesn't actually say until the end of the movie, is that he built the robot so the robot can take the artifacts from the mummy and then beat the mummy up. Right. Because he doesn't think the mummy can stand stands a chance against the robot, right. and he tests this because he goes to the mummy's tomb. Mm-hmm. He grabs the shit, and finally we get our mummy and robot fight, and which is the stupidest fight I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh, and I also stupidest. wanted to bring up the fact that they lead the robot to the graveyard. Right. Yeah, Wait, the robot. They lead the robot like he's he has a remote control. Yeah. It's like a little joystick. Krupp has like a little joystick. That's how they're controlling the robot. The robot is slower than the fucking mummy. Yep. It would have taken five hours <laughs> to get that robot to the actual graveyard. Okay, but so anyway. the mummy's got the edge on the speed, but how about the strength? No. Oh, God. They fight, and, you know, I will personally say that it's slightly more entertaining than Batman versus Superman's fight, but not by much. <laughs> but they fight with... Their arms on each other's shoulders, and then yep. the robot gets the mummy in a bear in a bear hug. And then but the, for the most part, it's just like if there's an old friend you haven't seen in a while, and you don't like completely hug when you see each other, but like you put your hand on their shoulders. Like, What'd you say? It's the awkward seventh grade dance when you get yes. your yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> that's what it looks your, like. Your hands on each other's shoulders. Your hips are way far apart. That's what this fight looks and like. And they're just rocking they're, back yes, and forth. And then exactly. one will give a little shove, <laughs> exactly. and then the other gives a little shove. I just got a great idea. And then they come back <laughs> oh, no. together, and then they just start like patting each other on the shoulder, like yep. pat, 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 pat. <laughs> For. Uh, a minute and ten seconds. Because they don't want to damage yes. the $4 costumes. Yes. Yeah. The fight that this entire movie has been building up to of the humanoid robot and the Aztec mummy lasts one minute and ten seconds. This gave me the biggest laugh I had the entire movie. Uh-huh. People start coming in, police, you know, the doctors, everyone, and <laughs> they just walk into this cave watching on like, what the fuck? Like, no shock, no amazement. Yeah. Just, huh? Huh? Don't they just shoot the robot and no, it dies? No, they shoot, they shoot the remote control out of Krupp's hand. Krupp's hand, okay. And what happens to Krupp? Well, the the uh, mummy kills him. Yeah. Oh, right. The yeah. mummy kills right. him right. and Freddy Krueger. Yep. And Flora saves the day. 
And they send the mummy away. They yes, she gives Flora him. Flora gives him back the breastplate and the and the uh, bracelet and yes. says, "We are so sorry to have disturbed you from your slumber. You go back to your cursed sleep and never and wake again." And the mummy's all like, "Okay," yeah. and then walks really, off. Yeah, That's like, it. Oh, okay. So he takes it and walks out of the tomb, and they just stand there looking at him. The end. And that's the end. Yeah. Now, at what point? Okay. Go so home, mummy. You're drunk. Did <laughs> did the doctors? So is he still telling the story, or we okay, caught up when that transition was completely so yeah. lost? It to was me. Um, just before they go on the mission to like find the lead shipment. That's when we finally catch up that's to actual. Yeah. To real time, right. so like fifth, the last fifteen minutes of this movie is, is real time. We're caught up now. Okay, well, completely lost. That's something. Oh yeah, no, they it. just jump right over that part. But that's the end of the movie. We'll go ahead Thank and God. take a quick break and come back with some trivia. <laughs> All right, we're back. Now, did you two dig up anything in this movie? Nope. I couldn't really find anything except for the fact that it was a sequel and they sort of cobbled together some other films and, to, yes. to, to make this film. They used the two prequels to tell the backstory of this movie primarily, which yeah. is, I think, a reason as to why a lot of it was so awkward and slow-paced. Yeah, oh my God, the again, pacing. The, the parts that were central to this actual story that weren't flashback-related seem very condensed and very... Rushed, whereas yeah. no, as you said earlier, they just zip. skipped right over. Yeah, the, a large amount of information they just blew right past it. Yes, yeah. but the the background stuff, the expository stuff, was all completely different pace than this. The two prequels were called the Aztec Mummy, and the second prequel was called the Curse of the Aztec Mummy. Okay. There was a sequel that I had to write down to this movie. This movie had a couple of sequels, but the one that stood out to me the most was called Wrestling Women vs. the Aztec Mummy. Oh, my God. Why could we- That's an Ed Wood film. Yes. Yeah. I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, best line, worst line. This is easy for me. My best line was when he is at his theory on the hypnosis to access a past life. He says, I'd been squelched. <laughs> and that made me laugh. <laughs> Because I've never heard that said in serious. I've never heard that said in any context. God, this was this was a really tough one. Uh, best line uh, after they've escaped from the uh, when when he's uh, when Krupp has kidnapped the entire family, and he's about to get shot, and then the mummy breaks in and kills all the the gangsters or whatever, and throws dude into the pit. When they come back, well, they go and get the police, and then come back, and they realize all the bodies are gone. Yeah, the narration says, continuing our search, we hurried to the snake pit. I Pause. <laughs> Rewind. Let me hear that again. <laughs> continuing our search, we hurried to the snake pit. I'm like, that's a movie right there. Yes. Yeah. I could write a whole movie around that line. I got, a, I got a couple, and they're both good and bad. So this picture is a combination of factual data mixed with mm-hmm. fiction, for sure. Then early in the movie, these two people to whom Edward has been telling this story for 44 minutes, they talk about what they do. And one of the doctors, and he, quote, says, trying to find new ways to help patients die painlessly. Yeah. And Flora says, 
Please don't joke. Fuck you! No, wait, wait no. Was it your best line or your worst it, line? This one, well, I thought, the, I thought the guy was, like, being totally noble, and she's like, please don't joke. Fuck you! So that's one of the worst. What was your best line? So, um, I think my best line... Oh, the best line is one of <laughs> yeah. corrupts. My best line, best line is one of corrupts. So, he, this is after I tortured many animals with pleasure to find the answers. Answers of man existence. Then he said... I decided to create a man, a breathing body, a real man, a human robot, doctor. <laughs> what? Wait, the human robot's a doctor, too? <laughs> right? Damn. <laughs> Just... I'd like to change my best line, please, to that. So is, is he doctor watch this? Right? So, yeah, that, there it is. A real man. A real a man. A robot. A human robot. What? What? Uh, my worst line was, this is horrible to think I was she. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. That, that's a, <laughs> that's yeah. what I was like, what, what? There was one other in here where um, one of the guys, uh, I think it was his friend P- Picard or Picard or something, mm-hmm. whatever, who accompanies him all the time. Jean-Luc they were talking about, um, it was right after the hobo in a barn moment. And they didn't know where to go next. Like, they, they had no, no, where to, no leads. So he says to Edward... But that will be difficult. You can't investigate without any clues. No shit. Sherlock. Yeah. yeah there was so much. Oh, my God. There's so many. So yeah. there you go. That's what I got. And uh, yeah. And, and I, I would go with my worst being the one that you pointed out, Jack, when uh, Krupps discovered the mummy down in the tomb and he's going on his mad raving spiel about, oh, and it's going to be awesome and I'm going to rule the world and blah, 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 blah. Ha ha ha. And then he pauses and then he just slyly looks over his shoulder back at uh, evil henchman and says, come on, we better go now. We'll be needing a lot of time. Yes. If the plan I have is going to work out. Ugh. Drinking game. Every time somebody says Flora. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. You would die. Just the hypno scene alone, you would die. See, I think this movie is a great like power hour drinking movie because it's an hour long. Right. And for me, my rules were similar to yours, Adina. Crump, the bat, bracelet, breastplate. Drink, 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 drink. And That's good. you're yeah. going to be pre-game for any party you're going to. Yep. And, uh, and then I say down your drink every time the mummy speaks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did they do right in this movie? Well, for They me... managed to load film in the camera. <laughs> for me, again, I really it liked Edward. I thought he was just fine. I, I really had no problem with him. I thought he was very charismatic. He was very much a leading man of that time. So I totally bought him. I loved his presence. I feel like he was committed through the whole movie. Like I never I, mm-hmm. I, he never took me out of the film. Like Flora, a bunch of the time, I was like, Jesus Christ woman. You, and it, part of it was the dubbing, but then I, w- I would also see, like, mm-hmm. she would interrupt, or she would jump a cue, or, and I was like, can you back the fuck off for right. just a second? So I really liked Edward a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, well, I like the, ca- the caretaker. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and the kid. Yeah. What yes. they did right for me, I mean, that's, it's, I've gone on, on enough about him. Krupp. Krupp. Yeah. Krupp's great. 
that's, that's, that's all. I mean, you know. Doctor. Um, okay. Storytelling conventions aside, because I think that is the fatal flaw of this film, yes. is, is by choosing to go the flashback route and not doing it well. If I were to ever watch this movie again, I would like to see the original version with English subtitles. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I want to see because I really do think I mean, there are several times that just looking at the actor and not listening to the horrible English dub that I would say like, oh, he is acting the shit out of this scene right yeah. now, whether it be Edward or Krupp or, you know, I mean, you know, it was like there looks like some really good work going on right now, but it's very much diminished by the English dub. Yeah. So I would be interested to see the original version with the actual voices of the actors on the screen. And I think I would have a, a, a different appreciation for the film. Yeah. So I think there's a lot they got right in its native version. The English dub is just sort of what destroyed it for me. You know, let me piggyback off of that a little bit. What I think they did right was I think there is a story there. And, oh, no, and, absolutely. And that's the thing. Yeah. I think one of the biggest sins a movie can make is being boring. And, like, when you compare this to an older movie that we covered previously, I Accuse My Parents, this movie is far more interesting, even with the dub and the, and the drawn-out shots mm-hmm. than that movie ever was. By far. And they're both about the same runtime. I, I think that the fact that there is a creative story at the heart of this mm-hmm. is just the way they told it was where I, and, and again, this may have been lost in translation as well as right. the editing, but there is a legitimate story here because there's exciting stuff. You break it down. Look at this on paper. No, a exactly. mad scientist, a pit full of rattlers, yeah. a humanoid versus a fucking see, Aztec yeah. mummy. No, right. exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, instead of just telling us, Oh, and then Krupp broke out of prison, showed up at my house and hypnotized my wife. Don't just say that. That's some interesting shit, and that's a good movie. Yeah, Let's right. see that. Right. If they had taken some of those elements and actually filmed it, drop the entire flashback angle, and just tell the story as is, film the scenes of, instead of telling us what happened that were way more interesting than the flashbacks that we got... And you add a good 20 minutes to this runtime. You have a good feature-length film. And then once you get up to the point of finding where the mummy is now, fade out five years later and then pick up with the story of, hey, all this weird stuff is starting to happen again. Bodies are disappearing. There's a lead shipment, you know, then take right. us into the investigation to bring us back into the story and then pick up from and there. And those were all conventions of this time period in filmmaking. And so it wasn't exactly alien to this. So they, that right. definitely was a reasonable request for them at this period. And I think they mm. got the tone right. Yeah. I think I, they got yeah. the tone right. Uh, again, a lot better than Body in the Web did. Right. Yeah, I, absolutely. Like, I think there were only a couple times where I thought I didn't I didn't really know what kind of movie I was in. there, And there were just yeah. these itty-bitty little things. Thank but God there was no jazz. It was, yeah, right. so it was, but it was very consistent on, on what it <laughs> wanted to be. So let's give this bitch a grade. Zip. What, the flaming uh, cinematic turd meter? Uh, okay, so I did this last time. I, I'm interested to see. Jack, what would you give it? You sure you want to ask me this? I do. <laughs> After this discussion, you sure you want I, to divert no, this? No, I to do. Me? That's why I'm curious. I would like to know what you would give it. I would give this a two. 
Because it's not a flawless movie by any means. I mean, there were moments in this where I was scratching my head and just saying, come on, get on with this. Sure. But as far as – it never made me angry. I just – you know, and worst case scenario, you know, I have a movie that can put me to sleep if I ever need it to. (laughs) That it can. That still has moments like Dr. Crump who can still kind of keep me engaged. I would almost like – I would almost love a 10-minute cut of this movie with just Dr. Crump stuff. (laughs) I'm sure that can be a right. Maybe dubbed yes. with a better actor. There but you go. Sure. Yeah, so that's what I would give it. Maybe Nicolas Cage. Oh, no. <gasps> I think I just came. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a fair I grade? Think, I mean, before you divert. No, that's perfect. Okay. I know what Adina and I would give it. Well, how about this? How about if we each give our grade and we kind of meet in the middle on an average? I'd give it a three. And a mm-hmm. half, actually. Because it pissed me off. This movie right. made me mad. Not only did it make me fall asleep, but it pissed me off. So, three and a half. Okay. I think three is probably going to be the average. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with three. Yeah. Damn it. All right, and any closing thoughts on this movie? Fuck this movie. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> uh, the only way I would ever want to watch this again is in its native language. Just to see the the difference, and uh, to see if it would if I would formulate a different opinion. I would watch it. Other than that, I would totally MST three K the shit out of this. I sat at my computer, and I have I have my notebook in my hand, everybody, and I did this. Just <laughs> right in the forehead. Yep. Adina is slapping her notebook against her forehead. This is what I did during this movie. Yep. Yeah. So. I, I can't, you know, despite my enjoyment, I can't say watch this movie. I would say watch parts of it, but, you know, it's kind of difficult to convey. So that's yeah, why. I can't even tell you which parts. Watch the last third. Just, if you're going to watch it, yeah, watch the last third of the movie. Once they get caught up in real time. Yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. So, like, the that. last 20 minutes. Yeah, there you go. And there watch you go. The you, you'll get the whole story. Yeah. And that's it for another episode of It Came From The Bottom, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. Next time, Santa Claus. <laughs>